0: okay so i have had this study that's i've been it's been percolating in the back of my mind for some time now and uh Finally, came up with a good opportunity to do it. Uh, had some time here to uh, uh, work on this, and what we're going to talk about, begin to talk about. We're going to kind of, we're going to kind of ease our way into this. But uh, the the goal of this study is that uh, we will be getting into studying the visions of God that men in the Old Testament had, uh, and studying those visions and seeing seeing things that. Uh, look familiar to us, that may not look familiar to us, uh, that we don't know what to do with, things we do know what to do with, and so forth. But, but as I get into that, I want to kind of talk about this concept of, of vision, <coughs> visions from God, this, uh, this thing that happens to some people. Uh, so what are some ways that in general in the Christian life, that uh, God speaks to his people. Anybody want to volunteer some? Through so, his word. Amen. Through the word of God. Uh-huh. The, main, the main way Yeah, the main way. Uh-huh. Dreams.
1: The Uh answers Just prayer.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Just the answers to prayer, dreams. Vision. Just puts some.
2: Some I call it slain in the spirit. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. i in
0: the Anybody else?
2: sensitive.
1: Right. Come up.
0: Sure. Yeah. Your imagination. Right.
1: Imagination. That's a good one. I had one person tell me that God speaks to him through his authorities.
0: Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like elected authorities or? No. Church. Oh, church. Okay. A church authorities. That's it. Yeah. Accountability.
2: Yeah. One another. Somebody might have a word. Right. Sure. And Those you or let it fall the floor, you know. Definitely, yeah. I think, uh, especially
3: just through the Psalms, uh, God can speak to us uh, through his creation as well. Not
1: in like a, obviously, a
3: pantomistic
0: kind of way, but being out in nature. For sure, yeah. Meditating on the Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Most definitely, yeah. That actually happened to me. I was sitting on the side of a mountain in Idaho see down below me, I could see an eagle flying, and it was like, at that point seeing that eagle was like, I know, I know you exist, <laughs> because of, mm-hmm.
0: vision of God, you know, yeah. God, this was God making all these you, you, you saw things. it from God's perspective in a yeah, sense, amen. yeah, yeah, above the eagle, mm. very good, that set me on my journey, mm-hmm. on my journey. amen, well, there's, uh, those are all great. I'll, I'll put lay out a few more that I've, just from personal experience. One is, uh, and this kind of goes along with uh, uh, Walt mentioned, I think it was Walt mentioned the authorities, but uh, the uh, preaching speaks to it. Preaching in particular is a gifting that the Holy Spirit gives people for that. You know, uh, An early version of that would have been the prophets in the Old Testament, you see. So preaching is, uh, is a way to hear from God. Uh, the, the, and, and this next one is particular... Particular, uh, I, I could talk along on this next one. I'm going to talk in a few minutes. The next one I want to bring up is the word circumstances. Um, God uses circumstances a lot with me. Um, and that is can be a two-edged sword because... Um, Circumstances are very, very easy to uh, misinterpret. If you, if you have circumstances go a certain way, you can misinterpret. So you do have to approach it with, with uh, prayers of wisdom and so forth when you're dealing with circumstances. Uh, however, if you, are, if you are someone who truly believes in the sovereignty of God as a guiding principle in your life then you have to accept the fact that circumstances are a way that God orders, that God orders things in your life. <clears throat> if you don't believe that, then you don't believe in the sovereignty of God, right? So if you believe in the sovereignty of God, then God's affecting your circumstances. Uh, in, in Psalm 23, you know, uh, he's praying not just about, you know, he, he's praying about a lot of things. And one of the things he's praying about, David, is his circumstances. Uh, you know, when he uh, uh, talks about uh, "lead me not into, leave me," what it is "Beside the still waters." "Lead me beside the still waters." That's circumstance. He's praying about his circumstances. You know, uh, "lead me not into the shadow of death." You know, that's his circumstances. So uh, he's praying for circumstances. And so, what happens when God? Well, what if what if uh, David prayed that, and yet God did the very opposite? Well, first of all, he certainly can do that if he wants to. That's not a sign that there's no God. It's a sign that David has less than that to take somehow, you see, if that were to happen to David. Uh, and, here, and, here, and here's been my experience. I, I've been around a number of Christians, as have you, I'm sure, that they've allowed circumstances to decide whether God exists for them. To determine whether God is really a real thing, yeah. and this is very unfortunate because because God is God and, and He can do what He wants to do. He, he does He's not beholden to to whether or not any of us uh, want Him to do something a certain way, and He and He's not even beholden to the fact that if He doesn't act a certain way, we're not going to believe him in Him anymore. You know, uh, that's not His. He doesn't have to do that you know uh, we are responsible for the act of our will to believe in god or not believe in god you know that's just the bottom line so so circumstances are interesting but there comes a point in your christian life i think when you're really plugged in to the sovereignty of god and you begin to realize that all circumstances around you tend to lead you and tend to point you you're in the you're in the current You're in the river. You're 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 not getting out of the river. You're flowing with it. That river is the will of God, and you're in it. Uh, Another thing that thing that way the way God speaks to us is through the words of other Christians, uh, our brothers and sisters. They're seeking their counsel, uh, words of encouragement. Uh, Maybe there's a a person in in your church who is older and wiser, and uh, I'm going to be honest with you be very frank here, I've gone to Walton, Padel, for many times uh, because he is older and wiser than I am, and, uh, and so, older, yes. <laughs> right and, 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 and wiser, um, and, wiser. <laughs> and so, uh, so, you know, that's, that's a good thing to do, to, you know, uh, if you have a, someone wise in the faith who, who's been in a long time, and, that's a good thing to do. God will speak God will speak to you through that person. Uh, you may have to seek it out, but he will speak to you through that person. Uh, these are ways that God speaks to us. Uh, and the, the other two, the other last two, uh, unless there's something I'm forgetting, the last two uh, y'all brought up, it's the ones that I'm mainly going to deal with in this study. The first one is nature and creation. Uh, Nick brought that up. And then the second one is visions and dreams, which is the, the main part of the study that we're going to be getting into. Uh, nature and dreams is interesting, um, but the scriptures do say that heaven and earth declare the glory of God, the scripture is very clear about that. And so there's no denying that nature tells us about, about God. That cannot be denied. Uh, now, without the underpinning of scripture and in, in deeper revelation... Uh, we, we don't get the whole story from, from nature, typically. Um, usually, usually a culture who, you know, in history, who all they ever saw is nature and they never heard the gospel of any kind probably revert to some sort of an animist type of theology, right? Uh, but they know that the presence of nature points to something divine. They know there's something there. And, uh, and they just they just don't have the, the underpinning filling in that we do so for us to see the cycles of nature every every spring and summer and fall and winter and for us to see the stars and for us to see that tree grow that we planted last year or our crops in our field or whatever uh, that speaks to us because we know the power of God is behind that and we know that there are stories in Scripture that deal with, you know, the, the uh, uh, agrarian parables and so forth, that God directly gives lessons about these things in Scripture. So, uh, before I move on, any other thoughts on that in particular? Well,
1: while we're talking about it, um, and this is just my opinion, but I really don't think that God wants to remain a mystery to us. Okay. And it has been my experience and. I've heard from some other people, that God will pick a specific way to talk to you. Uh, With me, it is scripture, and I I could tell you stories about just incredibly specific things, and like David says, it's probably the most common way, Mm -hmm. Uh, but if if a believer feels like he's lost, he's just not to hear from God, and he's truly seeking to hear from him, Mm -hmm. Probably not focusing on the way that God has chosen to right. right. speak to you, so yeah. you just need to test the spirits. Yeah, like you, often if not, perhaps most often, God speaks to you through circumstances, mm-hmm. and it's up to us to kind of discern that and tap into it. Yeah, again, just mm-hmm.
0: I agree. That's that's a good word. Yeah. Another
1: word.
2: Mm-hmm. And as far as his sovereignty there is a verse of scripture that used to me,
3: still does minister to me uh, because God chooses maybe a bit of affliction for us at times whatever it may be mm-hmm. but in everything he thinks this is the will of God in Christ
2: Jesus concerning you sure so yeah. just the
3: uh, visions mm-hmm. mainly through the word of God yeah Amen. In a way that's not joyous to talk
0: about. Sure, sure. Yeah. At the present. Yeah, exactly. But
3: those hard lives will
0: bring to him. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's good. Um, and uh, I, th- I think that's I think that's absolutely right. And I and I also say this, um, don't ever let's say you're a believer and you've been a believer for years and you're like my goodness, I've never had a spiritual dream, or I've never had a spiritual vision. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, that that doesn't mean anything. I mean that, that's that's God speaks to everybody differently, and uh, you know I have known people who who uh, yeah, probably there are people in this room too. I've known people that may not have ever had a uh, spiritual uh, uh, supernatural vision experience, but man, they know their Bible. And uh, they know how the, how the Bible works, and they know they know God speaks to them through the Word of God, you know, and that's how they're primarily spoken to, and and that's that's great. I mean, in some ways, you know, Jesus said uh, Jesus found that more desirable because he said, you know, blessed are you who who will believe yet not see, you know, in the end times. So. In a way, uh, being able to believe in God without signs and wonders is is a miraculous and a wonderful thing. So, if you think of it that way. Um, just two other
2: things that we didn't yeah. list out real badly
0: on But
2: uh, prayer. Yeah, prayer. Uh-huh. One thing. I think it's a good way to yeah, do it. Yeah, definitely. Where intuition. Mm-hmm. Uh, just right. Being sensitive to intuition. I was driving home the same way, and one day I'm driving it home, and it's like, I'm go a different way today. Yeah. If I listen to it and go to it, and all of a sudden there's a little old lady from the side of the road who's got a flat tire. Right. You know, right. So, yeah. And you're supposed to stop and help. Sure. And yeah. Yeah. It's just happening to over, and, over. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I think blue art. And
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. an artist paints something. I mean, look at all the paintings. Of sure. The Right,
0: right, yeah. We're going to talk about that some too here in a few minutes, the art aspect. Um, But you know what? what The the intuition thing, you know, uh, that's always been an interesting one. I I, I agree. You know, whether or not it's a angel sitting on your shoulders, speaking in your ear, or whether it's coming from God's putting something in your heart, who knows? But yeah, yeah. And that's again, it's like circumstance. I
2: think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh right so, so. right right definitely figure yeah. out so it seems like uh with in my experience with with some christians there are people out there who for whatever reason they never have seemed to know how to listen to god um and often these folks will go through periods of time where they say that they never hear from god or god is always silent to them um and uh and frankly uh I'm just going to be honest with you that I don't say this as any sort of a you know I, I say this if anything I may say this is the thorn in the flesh. I can't turn him off. I mean, you know, he's always you know, and so, but uh, but some people seem to seem to just have trouble listening to God for whatever reason they just they just can't they just can't find His voice. You're like the prophet Joe. He said God
3: won't even let me speak. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so God speaks to pe- people many different ways. And again, like we said, for some, scripture is the only way they ever hear from God. And the Lord bless them if that's the case. That is, that is, that's fantastic. Um, now, uh, to cover this real quick since we're kind of introducing all of this, uh, there are several historic views, if you want to call it that, about this stuff. Uh, there, there's a school of thought that says that after the prophetic age of the Israelites and the coming of Christ and maybe the maybe the events around the apostles, that uh, God no longer communicates through dreams and visions now that the canon of scripture is complete. Uh, I can say from personal experience that is incorrect uh, because I have had dreams and visions. Uh, however, I will also add to this that... Uh, the canon of Scripture is the is not to be replaced by dreams and visions. Uh, that's so. That's the also test. important. Yeah. Yeah. It's
3: yeah.
0: Right. It's what you measure things against. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Vision exactly. To the word of God. Right. Right. So, so anybody that in my my opinion, you, you know, you you could disagree. Well, this this is not. We're not talking about the resurrection here, guys. It's okay to disagree, um, but my opinion is is that uh, you know God doesn't God God does still give visions and dreams from time to, time to time to His people. The Mormons are a very good example of that. He has
2: visions. but the Visions change the scripture.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: please <laughs> millions of people astray. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Muslim evangelism is a good example too. I mean, whether we're having visions or not, God's given a lot of dreams to Muslims and mm-hmm. bring them to Christ. To
3: mm-hmm. them
1: dream. Right, right.
3: Yeah, that's used to be predominant. I've heard that's the predominant way Muslims.
1: That's a predominant way. Uh-huh. They have no access to the Word. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what's <laughs> that? Yeah, but even if they do, they trust that dream. They do. I mean, what I've heard. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is that yes, God can't reach them through the Word because of Satanism so he sends a breeze
0: well it seems to be that that historically anytime the gospel enters a new era area, oh, yeah. there's signs and wonders yeah. you know well, that's true.
2: Uh, yeah yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so it, it, it seems like it seems like when the gospel enters a new area that 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 tends to go with it you know and that that's why we read so much of it with the apostles you know and and but you hear these stories about coming out of Iowa, stories out of Ethiopia you hear about it through that you know uh, you can read the uh, uh ecclesiastical history of the English people written by bede and there's all kind of miracle stories because the gospel was you know spreading in in that age. And they, they would have no reason to lie about that stuff. It's not like it's, you know, there's just no reason to lie about it. You know, so I, I, believe, that, I believe it happens when the gospel comes There's in. a great book called Deeper Experiences of Famous Christians. Mm-hmm. Look at
2: it. It's an incredible book. That somebody has chronicled mm. from, from uh, the Old Testament all the way up to now. Mm. The experiences mm-hmm. that people share, not necessarily in the Bible. Wow. Famous yeah. preachers have on the of famous Christians, right? For famous Christians, how God spoke to them, and, mm. and, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible book to read. It'll blow your mind when of a Scottish preacher looks out in the, in the congregation and he knows how much money a guy's got to <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, and this is, you know, the hope
4: of the contemplative
1: line is to live, you know, brief periods of time as if.
0: Or, you know, in the, presence, in yeah. the actual physical presence of Right, right. That's a good point. So uh so you've got that view, that closed view that God no longer communicates, which which I don't agree with. You've got the open view that God does communicate revelation via <laughs> dreams and visions. But you have to be careful with that word revelation, because you know, the revelation doesn't need to be the revelations as you know as already Already laid down in our theology from Scripture, you know that's not the kind of revelation I'm talking about. Uh, now, um, himself a vision that changes. what'd you say? Muhammad himself had a vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was it was well, a bad one. A <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's something else, you know. <laughs> a a yeah, a, a, a demon can—I mean—a spirit can come from a, a wrong vision from a demon too. Oh, yeah. you know? Absolutely. So, um, so you want you want to root your you you want to if you want God to communicate with you this way, you have to be rooted in the other things of God. You have to be rooted in Scripture. You have to be rooted in, in a church among strong believers. Uh, you know you, you want you want to have your ducks in a row. You know because uh, you may get you may get a bad vision. I'm going to give you a, uh, an example of 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 someone who. Uh, I know, who had a terrifying vision. You know, you might, you might think, well, I, I want to pray for God to speak to me more this way. Well, beware what you ask for,
3: Um,
0: because this guy, uh, this guy, this has been a few years ago. uh, This lady that, um, um, she she was Connor's piano teacher, uh, and this lady um, had her husband. I don't know if he was a believer or not. I'm kind of inclined to think he wasn't. But um, he was telling uh, about, I don't know how, how this topic even came up, but he just felt really free to tell it, that he had this vision about, um, he, went, he went to a church, to a church I think it was, and just out of the blue he had a, he had a waking vision of a hole, a large hole in the earth. And he could see people clawing trying to get out of the hole and screams coming from down to the ground. And fire and uh, and heat coming up. And people clawing trying to get up and they were being pulled back down. Well, you know, I, that would be a wake-up call for me. That's a you know? But <laughs> that, That's not a vision that you want to have, right? So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so sometimes spiritual visions are not good things, you know, and are not things you necessarily want to see. I don't know whether he really got the message or not. I hope he did, but uh, I, think, I think at least one or two people explained to them why he should take it seriously, you know. So. <laughs> um, now, throughout history, God has been pleased on many occasions to reveal himself through visions and dreams. Uh, dreamers include the likes of Jacob, uh, Joseph, as you know, Solomon, Daniel, Mary's husband Joseph. Um, among those who received visions were Abraham, the Old Testament prophets like Isaiah, Daniel, Obadiah, Micah, etc. Uh, and and here's, here's another thing I want to add to this. Uh, before we really start studying the visions themselves, and that is in, in in ancient Israel, at that time the presence or absence of visions in Israel became a gauge of the nation's spiritual condition. In other words, if if, if Israel was unfaithful, her prophets found no vision from the Lord. Wow! Without a vision, it, would... it perished. Exactly. Yeah. So this was, a very, this, is, this was an extremely important thing to the early Israelites. They needed to be having their visions, the prophets having visions. If they didn't, something's terribly wrong. And, uh, but then the, the Lord comes along at some point and prophesied and promised through his prophet Joel that there will come a day in which dreams and visions will be restored to God's people, specifically... I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall see dreams. Your young men shall see visions. So now that we have the Holy Spirit, dreams and visions from God are what I would call a spiritual gift. The Holy Spirit can grant that to us. You don't have to wait on a a prophet to have it on behalf of the people necessarily. Um, My experience though, again is the sort of visions that people have uh, are visions often about the direction their life needs to take. Maybe they may have a vision that they need to go and share something with a friend. Maybe they need to go and, uh, you know, make do something or understand God in a little bit different way than they haven't been. Um, my point is, is that, Unless you're wanting to, uh, unless you think your name is Joseph Smith, uh, you're probably not going to get a dream telling you go and start a whole new branch of the church. You might, I don't know, but I kind of doubt it. Write another book. Write another book of, uh, another yeah, book of scripture. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. 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 Do yeah. Um, so um, and and and. God also speaks to us, I meant to add this to the list earlier, through, um, uh, somebody said elements of creation. Uh, one of the things that, one of the things that in elements of creation, besides just trees, uh, you know, rocks, things like that, uh, we see things in creation, not only speak to us by God, but God has ordained those things to speak to us in scripture. An, apple, an example would be the rainbow. Rainbow is a part of creation and God has made it God has said the rainbow represented something, the the covenant of God, right, in the Old Testament. Later on you see the rainbow show up around Christ in the book of Revelation. You see the rainbow there too. And yes, those are tied together, by the way, in my in my opinion. So reclaim the rainbow. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We should reclaim the rainbow.
2: I never (laughs) gave (laughs) it (laughs) up.
1: Exactly, the devil loves our
0: our symbols. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the the fact that we believe the physical is an important aspect of God in his in his speaking to us, not just ethereal spirits, but the physical is one reason that seeing things of the Spirit is desirable to us. It's important to us to be able to see things of the Spirit and to experience them with our, our eyes, not just believe they're there in sort of the phantom sense, you know, like a, a Spirit-only sense. That's kind of hard to explain, but I think, you get my, I think you get my drift. All right, so...
2: In other words, you're saying we need to see that God's actually doing stuff yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, God didn't have to have angels appear to people, but He did. You know, He, he could have just made it happen and had a voice from heaven tell them, but He let them see physical messengers. So, um, so Colossians chapter one says this: the Son is the image of the invisible God. Hebrews chapter 1 tells us the Son is the radiance of God's glory in the exact representation of His being. Um, and after He had provided purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty of heaven. Uh, the rest of the Colossians passage says the firstborn, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in Him all things are created, things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and holds all things together. Um, So it is appropriate to say that God is an invisible God. He is is God. But we have the image of the invisible God. We have Christ. Christ is the image of the invisible God. So if we want to see God, we have to see Christ. We want to see God with our eyes, we have to see Christ. Because he's the image of the
3: invisible God.
0: Otherwise, God's invisible.
3: We are created in
0: his image. Yes, we are. In the
3: Old Testament, where Moses asked to see God, and God let him see as he passed, held his hand, he's on the cleft of the rock. What is that layer of the invisible God?
0: The I tend to think I could be wrong about this, and I have not de- delved extremely deep into this yet. But I have a, I have a, an inkling that anytime somebody sees God as a person, that they're seeing Christ, because Scripture says Christ is the image of the invisible God. In
3: Hebrews one
0: 3, Yeah.
1: He's the yeah. express image. Jesus is the express image of God's person. Yeah. 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 That's the position of the Orthodox okay, okay. the Old Testament. Gotcha. And even so, Moses could only see his back. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, makes
3: sense. Well, and there is a place in Genesis chapter 2, I believe it's verse 4, where in, in the beginning of chapter 2 it says, I think Elohim one time. But then suddenly in verse 4 it says Yahweh, the, yeah. the Lord God. Right. Right, there's a language that uh, Charles B. Taylor spoke of that being, he spoke of the Trinity being uh, shown there in Genesis 1 and 2. You know, he had Elohim in chapter 1, and then Ruach, Elohim, the yeah. Spirit. Right. And then right there in verse 4 of chapter 2 Genesis, suddenly it says Yahweh. Elohim. Yeah, yeah. You know, he drew, as a linguist, he drew attention. To it's all right there, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So they connected with each other. Mm-hmm. So one sense you would say we're created out of the imagination. Right. Uh, and, and so that I think that's what makes imagination so significant. It's mm-hmm. the one thing that we have as humans right. that separates us from all other living forms. Sure. And yeah. A dog does not have imagination. Right. So, mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. even though they have brains and they have intuition. They Mm-hmm. They can do things yeah. They can't imagine the future. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Good point. Anybody else in the peanut gallery back there? <laughs> he's, he's the thinker.
2: <laughs>
4: um, so, for some of the medieval mystics, a, a vision of Christ was how they thought of heaven. That was what they understood heaven itself to be was this state of yeah. of seeing Christ in glory and that for them was what it was all about and so I just keep thinking about that because mm-hmm. there is a whole tradition of seeking what they call the beatific vision and the whole of the Christian life for them was was a, a, a discipline of preparation it's like they weren't ready to have that vision. They had to prepare themselves for it mm-hmm. by the way that they lived their life. Oh. Yeah. And I don't really have anywhere that I'm going with that. I'm just thinking out loud here. Sure. Uh, there is a very rich tradition in Christianity emphasizing the vision part. Sure. But it's not... Mysticism. Mysticism. Mysticism, right. But it's not so much... Living their life in order to seek a vision, like idolizing a spiritual gift, it's more—it's more of like it's more of it's, it's a more Christ-focused approach, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's about the relationship with Christ, right? Um, and waiting to be with them for all eternity, yeah, and, and that sort of thing, right? Right. Now, I'm also thinking off the top of my head here, and I could be completely wrong about this, but it could be that in the spirit of preparing yourself to encounter Christ in sort of visionary experience, could be that that's maybe one of the practical purposes of icons is to train mm-hmm. your imagination because your imagination has to be put under the discipline of you know, preparation. It could be bride
2: either. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, icons are made in such a way to get you past the material and you focus on the divine. Yeah. and so it could be that that's one of the purposes is to sort of train their imagination right. to make way for a more direct encounter Yeah. With Christ himself
2: oh. in medieval times I've uh, done this study of uh, medieval miracle the the, the, the the medieval mindset mm-hmm. had two visions of time they had temporal time and they had eternal time and your temporal time Daily, day to day grudgery, and just living in in the rut that you're you're designed to live in. But your most important thing is your eternal time. And so the temporal time is only there to prepare you for the eternal time. So your focus, generally speaking, but the medieval mindset, is on eternal time. That's where where, this is all I am preparing for that. My whole life is preparing for that misguided sometimes understanding what that was but that was the that, way that, that's the way that was the mindset at the time we, we no longer include eternal time mm-hmm. intermingle with one another, and once you kind of figure that out, mm-hmm. you can kind of begin to see the intermingling where they cross, where they where they where they come together. Sure. If you don't have that sort of understanding, everything is temporal. Yeah.
0: Well, let me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me uh, let me uh, finish up with a couple of other things here. Uh, one is I'm gonna. Say three things that recommend three things to do if you have a vision or a dream that's from God, and then I'm going to tell you two or three that I've had. Um, So, um, what to do if you have a vision or a dream from God? Uh, The first thing I would do if it's a dream in particular is write it down uh, immediately. Uh, The mind is very fickle and it will, you know, you'll forget things. Uh, I will say this that the more spiritually profound a dream is the easier it is for me to remember Um, I I tend to be able to remember things a little better if they're you know hit me hard in the gut you know spiritually but it's still a good idea to write it down to remember details and so forth Um, the second thing that I would that I would recommend you do is is in that moment and the next day uh, or in the moment of the vision if it's a waking vision pray for the Holy Spirit's guidance with the vision uh, pray that He would guide you into understanding what real and would reveal its its meaning to you if it's not already apparent. Uh, some of them sometimes are already apparent. But uh, uh, and, and finally, the third thing is uh, share it with someone you trust. Share it with trusted people. Share it with an elder of our church. Uh, share it with a, a good, a good, uh, strong believer, friend of yours, or someone. Share it with your spouse. Share your dream uh, that uh, you know that you've had, because I have found over and over and over that sometimes other people interpreted my dreams better than I do. I, mean, I don't know why that is, but it's true. So, um, and they'll, they'll bring things out, and I'm like, it's like the light bulb came on. Wow, that's, that's got it, you know. Uh, and so that that happens though, uh, when you do that. So, you know, these things need these these things really should happen. In the context of the church, you know, you want the, you want you don't want to keep this to yourself. This needs to be in the context of the church and the church uh, being on board with what you're saying and hearing and hearing out and so forth. Um, now, you know, if you had a dream that you're <clears throat> you're going to go firebomb city hall, you may not want to. You know, you, you definitely take that to the elders because we need to. to yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that would not be a be a, a dream from God, more likely. <clears throat> um, so, just to give you a couple of examples of the kind of now. Now, first of all, we're going to talk about a lot of different things in this study because starting next week, we're going to talk about some of the the, the major uh, heavenly vision dreams, like that you see with Ezekiel and Daniel and all these guys and things like that. But in terms of the fact that that I think we probably all agree that God still gives us dreams of some kind and visions, um, I'll, I'll just give you a couple of examples that I've had. Uh, one is uh, I, I remember we were I was I'd been thinking a little bit about hospitality at, at this point a few years back, and and I uh, and hospitality is not the easiest thing for our family for some reason. <clears throat> And so we were thinking about hospitality. And uh, so I had this dream that we lived in the house we have. but We had this gigantic swimming pool in the backyard. took the whole backyard. It was a nice in-ground pool, very large. And it was real well-finished, nice tile, concrete all around it. Well, I loved the pool. I loved my pool. And, uh, and I would go out there and I would lay in it and float in it, you know, and enjoy my, the serenity of it. But one day, suddenly, out of the blue... People from around the neighborhood started coming in and jumping in my pool, and uh, I was very annoyed. And I, you know, but I, I, I sort of waited to see what would happen. It was a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> I started to wait to see what happened. You know, annoyed that they were using my pool, and and they were having a good time in it, splashing and playing in it. And, and you know, families would bring their kids, and the kids would start jumping in it. And each time someone else jumped in, I thought, okay, well, maybe that'll be it. They'll get tired after a while and they'll leave. And uh, but before long, people from all over Jackson started coming and jumping in my pool.
2: Uh,
0: people of every color, homeless people, well-dressed people, etc. It was packed. The pool was packed. You know, water going everywhere. And I was kind of grossed out by the whole thing because in the dream I was a little bit of a germaphobe, and uh, and so this bothered me greatly. And I, I didn't want to stay in the water with all these people because I'm thinking, you know, these people at the time. Years ago, there was an Ebola scare, just like there's a COVID scare now. And I was thinking, man, what what if, you know, what if they spread some of this stuff, you know? And uh, just all kind of fears came to mind. But they were all in the pool, and there was nothing I could do, nothing I could do. And everybody just kept having a great time. And the dream ended. Now, I think God was telling me something about hospitality in that dream. I'm just absolutely positive that that was a dream God gave me about hospitality. Is very similar to the to the sheep led down to Peter, you know, with the, the animals on it. Wow. Um, another dream that I had uh, about uh, about uh, this was sort of a more of a again, you know, like I said earlier, uh, some dreams are are a little not something you particularly want to have. Uh, in this dream, I'm going to a building with uh, three or four large rooms side by side that I can see into from the hallway. And I heard on the, on the news in my dream, the car radio or something, that some infants had died recently. And in the rooms, guess what I found? I found these deceased infants. In each room, there were two infants on the floor with nothing else in each room. Each de- deceased infant was covered with a clear plastic trap. And you're thinking, this is starting start to sound like a nightmare. Uh, yes. Uh, in my sadness over the dead infants, I pulled the tarp off each one, hoping they might still alive. But each time, I only find that, that indeed, they are dead. However, the last room I get to with the infants, instead, there there is an infant, but there is a dead lamb laying on top of the infant. When I pull those tarps off of it, I wait a few minutes, assume they are dead, then suddenly the lamb comes to life and starts walking around. Then the infant starts breathing and comes to life as well. So the infant... With the lamb lamb, comes back to life. Um, I I felt like it was pretty Christological imagery. I don't really know how to say it. And let's see. Do you have any thoughts on
1: what the infants meant?
0: No. Maybe maybe just people that needed to hear the gospel, maybe the church. I don't know. I don't know. I'm open to your suggestions.
1: Well, what came to my mind was abortion for infants who still born. Yeah, could be. So, I mean, a multitude of dead ones, but and yet there's one that the Lamb has selected that yeah. is resurrected. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, yeah, could be. No, 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 no. Yeah,
1: that's okay. just what came to my mind. Right. Could be. Yeah.
2: The only way
0: I'll tell you about one more I had, and this was a waking vision. Um, I was uh, in church a few years back, here in our church, and we were worshiping, and uh, I had a moment, and I know others that get caught up in glory and worship. I know David does sometimes. Uh, Well, I was caught up in glory in a moment, and everything, and and I promise, everything I'm telling you is true. Uh, I was was, uh, in the moment of worship, Sitting in a pew, I wasn't up on the platform, and uh, everything went white, and uh, and suddenly I see I, I open I look down and open my eyes, and the train of God's robe filled the place. Wow. It was it was uh, flowing, and there was it, and there was smoke in the room, and in a moment I didn't see God, but I saw the train of God. So I was pretty excited. <laughs>
1: exactly,
0: exactly, yeah. And it was gone just as quickly as it came. So, so anyway, to point all that out, uh, I, you know, we all have different. A lot of people, I don't think, realize dreams do come from God when they often do. Uh, you know, I, I would recommend begin, you know, maybe look at your dreams as possible. Supernatural way that God speaks to you, again, not in a way that rewrites revelation that we have in Scripture, uh, but my my experience it tends to be about more personal stuff. God speaking to me about you know personal things, go and speak to this person you know and so forth, uh, you know personal matters. But uh, this is this is a way that God has dealt with His people all throughout history. On the other hand. If if you go your whole life and you never have a vision or a dream from God, that's okay. This is not this is not a some litmus test by any means of the faith. Uh, the Lord gave us the Word of God, and this is where it's at. So all right. that's all I have. Been.